We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about House Lift Colorado. Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, House Lift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process, all while, all while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there's zero upfront cost from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs before the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything, from the contractors to the design, all while managing the cost. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or their Facebook page, both at houseliftcolorado.com, of course, or just Houselift Colorado on Facebook, and see all the remodels they've done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today to find out what Houselift Colorado can do for you. Oh, yeah. And if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your house without charging a commission. Let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast. RK and Zach here in the Mile High City, and it is not a great day in the Mile High City for many reasons. One, the weather's terrible. Two, the Avs got screwed. And that's all that really matters. It's like a punch to the gut, Ryan. It is. It is. Especially, I mean, it's one thing when you lose. It's another thing when you feel like you got robbed. But, you know, enough about that. <laughs> we'll just, we're trying to move on. We're trying to move on it's, here. You want to be happy today. Trying. Uh, hopefully the Nuggets can take care of that later. We do have a little bit of news here to start things off. For some people, this is news. For other people, they don't care. Uh, but we'll start. For some people, this is the most important news. It's the news they've been waiting for for weeks. Well, for me, it determines the future success of these players. <laughs> so the Broncos' rookie numbers have been released. And we'll start with the first-round pick. That's Noah Fant. We already knew he was going to wear 87, but that's official now. Dalton Reisner, as predicted here on this podcast, will wear number 66, Tom Nalen's old number, if you recall. Uh, Drew Locke got his number three from Colby Wadman, who will now switch to number six. Big punter news there. Draymond Jones, number 93. Justin Hollins, number 52. That's an inside linebacker number, Zach. 
Mm-hmm. Juwan Winfrey wearing 15, which we knew. Yep, there we go. So, man, I like them all. I like them all. And, I mean, you just start with the first three. Love 87 for Fant. 66, out of the numbers that Dalton was considering that he told me at the draft, 66 is the best. And Drew Locke. I, I know it's not your one, Ryan, but it's it's a good one. If he didn't wear this in college, I would say it was a bad choice. But he did wear it in college, and so I already know that it looks good on him. Um, but it's not a traditionally successful quarterback number. You're right. Can you name one? I can't. Mm. It was like Jake Locker number three or something? No, I think you wore number seven or eight. Mm. Um. I'll have to think on it. I not, Nothing is jumping to uh, the top of my head. Probably some punters. Definitely some punters. Probably some kickers. Ugh, how does it... Uh, taking a step back, though, how does that look to be stealing the punter's number? Not not the act of taking it from him, but you're going after the number that the punter wore? I mean, it's, it, and this isn't, uh, uh, this isn't a guy that's been here a long time. This was a guy that came in because someone went to Rico down in Chico. I mean, this is a guy on the back burner. (laughs) (laughs) So many people have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I'm looking this up to see if there's someone I'm forgetting about. Uh, No one in the league now. We'll find out. Best quarterbacks all time at every jersey number. (laughs) No way. Loading up the... uh, The article. Could you imagine here. writing this? Probably gonna like shut down my quarter, <laughs> my uh, computer to try and. Computer's this. starting to smoke. The best quarterback to ever wear number three, according to FoxSports.com, <laughs> Daryl Lamont. Oh my gosh! <laughs> a Raider. Uh, wow. But this article just reminded me that there is definitely a better quarterback that wore number three mm. and wears number three as we currently speak, and is one of the best. Five quarterbacks in the NFL. Russell Wilson. Russell yep. Wilson. <laughs> yeah. All right. Someone was screaming. So we're off at the hook. Us. We're off the hook. Uh, Russell Wilson saved number three. <laughs> we're okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's that's why I am, even number one isn't necessarily a, a, a traditionally dominant quarterback number. But I like it. That's his swag. That's what he does. He wants to um, honor Allen Iverson. Or something. <laughs> and Ryan, this weekend, maybe we'll find out what Drew had to do to get number three from Colby Wadman. If anything, I mean, my initial thought was no, but you said Colby's a starter, and that's true. I think that Colby Wadman could have made him give him something. I just think he doesn't care enough. <laughs> like a pair of shoes? Or like, you got to buy my family the new jerseys. Mm, I would like that because there are probably four people in the world that have a Colby Wadman jersey <laughs> and it's his family well now his jersey sales are gonna double it's very true <laughs> he'll get a little bit of a kickback from Drew Locke on that will he be the only person to say that on the Broncos what that his jerseys doubled from last year to this year probably <laughs> I don't think uh like Philip Lindsay's gonna be able to double the number uh-uh. that he sold last no. year <laughs> Um, so those are those, if you're interested in undrafted free agent numbers, you have a problem, uh, but also you can look them up on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. Joe Deneen wears 53. Well, let's go through the, let's go through the, the bottom half here, I guess, which we didn't, uh, we didn't do yet. 
Draymond Jones, 93. Like it. Really good number. Yep. That's, I can feel the interior pass rush. What do we – who wore that last year? Did Jared La- Crick Jared wear 93 Crick two years ago? Okay. So I don't think anyone had it last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Justin Hollins at 52. I said that's an inside linebacker number, but that's also Khalil Mack's number. Mm, Von Miller, if it wasn't 58 on Vaughn, could that be an inside linebacker's number? I don't know. Um, Trevathan wears that in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other people that might wear 58. So this doesn't help us narrow down where he's playing. Unfortunately, no. But it does look more nat like like Ian Gold was 52. It does. I think it looks more natural in the center. I do too. Final one here, Juwan Winfrey, 15. I like that. He has great hands, and as did Brandon Marshall. As did Tim Tebow. <laughs> maybe if he did have great hands maybe he would have switched to tight end like he should have mm. man would you have switched hell yeah to stay in the nfl trying to i'm trying to play the thing is he would have he still would have been the biggest name on the team yeah he still would have had all of his fans you know running around could you imagine if he was catching passes from peyton manning he wasn't staying on the broncos <laughs> he wasn't going to no um I just like like he should have been Taysom Hill. Mm. He would have been the best Taysom Hill ever. Mm. But he didn't want to do that. Man, Sean Payton would have loved him. Sean Payton could have had him. Could have. He maybe he didn't have that formula drawn up yet. But Tim didn't want that. All right, what else we got here on the uh, the docket? The docket, Ryan. Some other quick news and notes to get to. The Broncos made some changes to the coaching, I should say, the scouting department and player personnel department yesterday. Um, the most notable, I guess I'll just go through the other ones first. They promoted Rob Patton and Dion Randall to college and pro scouts. First time we mentioned them on the pod. Hired Eddie Simpkins as a scouting assistant who was an intern with them last year. Hired... Uh, Francie Jordan. <laughs> Francie Jordan. That is not a football scout. Is that a winning name? It is if you're on chopped. <laughs> you're not getting chopped? No, Francie Jordan <laughs> is going to whip up something good in that basket. You said it because these came down right after the pod finished yesterday, and you said, man, that is a perfect name for the Food Network. And I thought about that multiple times yesterday. Just think that you're 100% right. Francie Jordan's world tour. Now he just goes around. He'll be the Southeast scout. So what type of food is he cooking up down there? I mean. Southeast. Southeast, that's. Cajun? Yeah. Yeah. Some shrimp and grits. (laughs) All that stuff that you love down there. And then Eugene Armstrong, who was in the Southeast, will be moving to the Southwest. And then Ryan, the guy that was in the Southwest, the Broncos did not renew the contract of, and that is Klein Kubiak. Bye. <laughs> and I want to get your opinion on this because uh, the Broncos, of course, at the beginning of this year, had three Kubiaks on in their organization. Now they have none. People, people are harsh on the Kubiaks. I'll tell you what. I was, I was, I didn't expect people to to be upset that they were gone, but I didn't expect. All of the the jubilees surrounding them being gone. What's up with that? Uh, Zach, in Broncos country here, you're either with us or you're against us. <laughs> yeah. 
And the moment that the whole thing fell through with Gary Kubiak, he became, quote-unquote, against us. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because he is a two-time Super Bowl winning coordinator, Mm -hmm. a one-time Super Bowl winning head coach, Mm -hmm. but because he wanted to bring along his um, clown car of assistant coaches, it all fell through here, and now uh, the Kubiaks are on the outs. Man, the best friend you could ever have. The Kubiak cleanse is what I called it. Oh, wow. It's what it is, and, and I'm sure Klein will land on his feet in Minnesota. I'm sure he will, too. Yes, he will be uh, firmly employed very soon here in Minnesota. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think um, Gary Kubiak got too much credit for last year's draft class. Um, I think his loyalty reached stupid levels. Um, And I think that anytime you have a Kubiak in the building, you run the risk of bringing in a player from Colorado State, which we saw happen with the undrafted free agents. So luckily now, um, the Broncos are clear from that danger. <laughs> I thought we I thought we supported all the teams, Ryan. Nah. <laughs> and, uh, man. With all the teams co- that don't have to play each other. Mm, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay, okay. And with Kubiak... Just when was it last week, I think, or earlier this week, I heard some media members in Denver saying that or I had a conversation with them and they said that the job Gary Kubiak did as a head coach in 2015 was the best coaching job they've ever witnessed in any sport in any city ever. And it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, how he managed Peyton Manning and that Brock Osweiler situation, the Broncos, a lot of people didn't believe they were the most talented team in the AFC. What happens? They get the one seed, they get home. Everything that happened during that playoffs as well, it's hard to argue against that. But Gary wasn't wasn't going to be on this staff as a head coach. He wasn't going to have that managerial responsibility. And I think a lot of people would rather have Scangarello and and what he's bringing because a lot of people view Gary Kubiak's offense as being what maybe even the pre Mike Shanahan offense. I guess I I guess the Mike Shanahan offense. Prehistoric. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm going to is a prehistoric offense. The Broncos did get Gary Kubiak's offense in Rich Scangarello, but a lot of people hope and rightfully understand or rightfully believe. That it'll be Kyle Shanahan, which is what? A 2.0, a 3.0, a 4.0 offense of that? Yes. So I think as an offensive coordinator, people not just wearing orange glass, but people are more excited about what this is. Now probably, what, a lower floor to this offense just because it's Rich's first time being the guy, but you got to think a higher ceiling as well. This worked out really well, in my opinion, for the Broncos. I'm sorry, but as soon as I heard the Gary Kubiak coaching offensive coordinator stuff, my eyes were rolling down the street. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a disrespect to Gary Kubiak, who is a good uh, coordinator and a good coach and a good man and a great football mind. I was just so sick. I'm so sick of the old guard. Mm-hmm. And not just in Denver, not just the you know Kubiak L.A. Bolin circle. 
which apparently is now just the L.A. Bowling Circle and might not even be that anymore. May not be either of those. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we, there's a very good chance in the next five years the Bullens, the L.A.s, and the Kubiaks will be gone from the Broncos organization. Wow. Are you right? Anyways, it's not just that. It's the it's the NFL and, and the – well, this guy was a good – was good at this once so he'll be good at this again instead of let's try something new that's why i love the cliff kingsbury hire so much does it yeah is it getting a lot of flack around the league because it's you know you're taking a guy who didn't even win in college putting him into an nfl uh head coach position sure but i'd so much rather have that than bruce arians or whoever it may be like give me something new give me something fresh Try something different. Just because Gary Kubiak is in the building doesn't mean you have to hire him. Rich Cangarello is going to have more success as the offensive coordinator of this team than Gary Kubiak would have. And if you're in the desert, no one really cares about your team anyways. Might, might as well try the craziest thing of not just Cliff, but then getting Kyler Murray in order to get some attention. You just wait, man. As soon as Kyler Murray <laughs> is running for for a hundred and throwing for three fifty, and Andy Isabella is taking a lead by storm, and Hakeem Butler is has everyone scratching their head how he fell so far, you'll see. And and Cliff Kingsbury is just handsome. <laughs> They're gonna want to put him on TV. I was on board with you when you were saying, and Kyler Murray's running. I thought you were gonna finish that by for his life. Because that's, that's what's going to be going on down there in the desert. And speaking of Cliff and Handsome and a guy that you can buy into, do you see who he was hanging out with at the Kentucky Derby? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he fits in with that crew. <laughs> it's just If you're handsome, you get to <laughs> hang out with them? I think that's the criteria. Dang. That's why Bill wasn't there. They probably don't have the Aisha Curry problem. <laughs> Did you hear about that whole thing? Yes. No. Uh, she was like on some show complaining about how she doesn't get attention from other men anymore and like it bothers her. What? I don't know. It was a weird thing to say for, for a married person in my opinion. <laughs> that mind. is a very weird thing to say. But I, I assume those guys get plenty, attention, plenty of attention from the ladies when they're out I'm hanging sure. out. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. That would be... Uh, quite the crew to be a wingman mm, it for. certainly would be <laughs> the leftovers as they called them when i was in college would be uh decent yeah you'd be okay with that no disrespect <laughs> uh, so yeah i think i think the broncos are in a better position now I, I i don't think they needed to cleanse the kubiaks out of the building but honestly if you ask john elway and if we had an opportunity, if you asked him, he would probably just say Gary wanted wanted him. Gary wanted to hire him in Minnesota, so he let him have him. Right. Yep. Now they can have the whole family out there. So it was probably a favor more than anything else. Yeah, and and because of that, the Broncos got to hire Francie Jourdain. You know Francie <laughs> is going to be cooking up some big-time prospects. <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that. No, uh, but not really many other moves. A couple shifts here and there. Um, Kubiak's the only one who's moved off of the staff, I believe. Usually, teams, um, you see a lot of purging after the draft. So, that tells you that the Broncos are happy with what they've done. They've kept the staff pretty much in place for the last couple of years. 
Uh, and that's a good thing because we know that John Elway isn't afraid to fire people. Exactly. Exactly. He's happy in the direction this is going. Uh, really, the two important things here, John Elway is still running things, and Matt Russell is still his right-hand man, technically the director of player personnel. A lot of people, I haven't heard it recently, but in the past few years, I've heard a lot of people say, uh, Matt Russell is the next general manager of the Broncos. John Elway is grooming him to become that. And maybe, I mean, if you're the right-hand man and and, and the, the head guy steps down, then it would make sense to pass that along. But there's been nothing of that recently. Hey, Matt Russell can be the GM when John Elway uh, puts his ownership group together. <laughs> yep. Some uh, some Broncos-related news here. The Jaguars are waving running back David Williams. Oh, no. The accountant might have to brush up his resume. Well, just think about it. The Broncos chose him over Philip Lindsay last year. Will they do it again? You know, sign him on and it's a terrible have to move on from someone. It's a terrible joke. <laughs> um, okay, so as you know, because we've talked about it on this podcast, the Nuggets and Avs have both had big seasons. The Avs, RIP, um, got jobbed out of going to the Western Conference Final last night. But in the end, the Avs season was a success. Uh, while they probably shouldn't have forgotten how, how to play hockey for 20 games in the middle of the season and <laughs> then had to scratch and claw their way into the eighth seed, they still upset the number one seed in the playoffs and made it to a game seven in the second round. They made it seven games further than they made it last, or even more than that. Well, no, about seven games further than they made it last year. Um, and in the end, it was a it was a resounding success. I think they were able to, you know, bring in Kale McCarr, get him high leverage minutes uh, and playing time in the playoffs that will help him grow. And they 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 took a step further. Now they got to continue the, the process, but in the end, it was a success, right, Zach? Yep, exactly. A it, wild success. If the Nuggets finish things off with the Blazers, to me, that is a success. And to be completely fair to the conversation that we're about to have about the Broncos, if you had this conversation about the Nuggets at the beginning of the season, or, or you know, this far away from the season last year, wouldn't you have said just win a playoff series? Absolutely. Because or, for me... Make the playoffs. Mm, you hadn't me. made the playoffs. But you should have last year. You should have, but you didn't. But you should have. And so you your clock was ticking, and you missed that. The clock kept ticking, and so the clock reached the have-to-win-a-playoff series area. It's not It's not the clock's fault that you didn't uh, follow, the, follow the path last year. Last year was just so disappointing for the Nuggets in my mind because they, they came one game short – and I just couldn't put the expectations higher, but I understand where you're coming from. So either way, maybe you say it was a success. With what we knew about the season as it goes on, I still think you probably end up with got to beat the Blazers for it to be a resounding success. Um, and especially because you set it up to play the Blazers, which was crazy. <laughs> um, so now we sit here with two teams that probably will end with successful seasons based on what the preseason expectations would be. Absolutely. So let's set those for the Broncos. So when we so when we look back at the end of the season, or maybe when they're in the middle of their playoff run, we can say, okay, well, here's the bar that we set for success all the way back 
in May. Ex- and one last thing I want to say here is I think it's important to keep in mind during this conversation where the Broncos really are. I feel like as soon as the season ends, it just go- it gets flushed. And all of a sudden, we're back to Broncos expectations. Yep. Not because you just mentioned last that, that last year, uh, the Nuggets were a disappointment to you. And because of that, you set your expectations at make the playoffs. The Broncos have won 11 games in two years. So where is the bar for them going into this year? You're exactly right. And Ryan, it's good to to do this now because th- this is pretty much the team that the Broncos are going to be now that the draft's done. Even, you know, UDFA guys are in the building. Rookie minicamp starting. We know what this team is going to look like. Now, it was the Avs a disappointing loss last night with because of a lot of factors? Yes. Does it make it a disappointing season? Absolutely not. If if the Nuggets get swept in the next round, I'll touch wood right now. If they get swept in the next round, is it a disappointing end to the season? Yes, it certainly would be. But not a disappointing season at all if they make the Western Conference Finals from a team that did not make the playoffs last year. And so that's why it's important to do this with the Broncos, is get, is get a, a true expectation so that... After, you know, hopefully what we're talking about is a, you know, a, a playoff appearance and they, they drop out from there, that we can take a step back and say, okay, disappointing end, but a great season. By the way, did you see what happened last night in the Warriors game? <sighs> Looking that, real good for the Nuggets, potentially. That could change the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. Now, people forget that the Warriors were still going to the finals before they had KD, but KD could be injured and you never wish that on anyone but it certainly changes things for the broncos gosh the only downside is if this just makes steph turn it on again because he's been off all playoffs which has been crazy but yeah it's a huge turning point for the for the nuggets they can take care of things tonight on top of that then you also get more rest oh man that's that's exciting but the broncos so let's set the bar what is what are the expectations? What's what classify and, and let's just throw a few numbers out there. First one, what's a good season? Right now, this team, what number do they have to get to for you to say good season? Nine and seven. I agree. I don't think really any team anywhere can have a good season that's eight and eight. So then eight and eight. How do you feel? Eight and eight is the bar for me for acceptable if they're eight and eight you you uh, what you end up saying is trending in the right direction exactly and and that's acceptable just like you said but yeah you no one and john always not walking around with a smile on his face at the end of the season but i can promise you that there will be two games that the broncos coulda woulda shoulda and people are going to be pissed about that. Exactly, but no one's getting no one's getting fired outside of the quarterback position. Uh, every everything's going swimmingly. So anything above nine wins for you right now is a great season. Yeah. Yep. So eight is the bar of you hit the bar. That's what you did. You got to see. You passed the class. Nine. You got to be. Good job. You did a good job in this class. You learned something. 10 wins is an A. And that is, oh my God, the Broncos did everything perfect. They got the quarterback that got them there. 
They got the coach that got him there. The defense was elite again. Here we go. So what is a failure? Is it seven? Is it is it less? Mm. When are you saying this season was a complete failure? What's the bar? I think uh, seven is still improvement, but that does not feel that way. Mm-hmm. It will not feel that way. That's why a complete failure, complete failure is six. Because you made all these changes. Seven is a disappointment. Seven is a disappointment. Six is a failure. Six six is a failure because you did everything to make sure it didn't happen again. And it did happen again. Top ten pick, though. (laughs) Better better not trade out of it this year. (laughs) Sure makes our draft coverage more exciting. (laughs) It does. Now, Ryan, how many wins is Joe Flacco the, the starter next year? How many wins? How many does, wins? How does many it games take? does Joe Flacco win? No, how many? How many wins would it take this year for Joe Flacco to be the starter next year? Like right after the seat, would they hit this number and we're like, he's back? Ten. Ten. Ten and six, first round playoff exit. He's back, just like the Kansas City Chiefs. He, mm, no, he's probably not like guaranteed back. I think that's we're gonna give Drew a chance to win to win the job i think it's a playoff win so i didn't really give you the, the yeah. fairest opportunity there if he gets a playoff win he's back if not you know unless it's a 12 and 4 i'm not saying flacco's gone but at, at the end of the season i'm not saying flacco's back on the complete opposite spectrum is there any chance that the broncos have a new head coach next year because of the record it just going way off the rails I mean, yeah, if they went like 0 and 16, someone's probably getting fired. 5 and 11? Nope. They take a step back from last year. Vic gets another shot? Yes. 4 and 12? Yes. Wow. So I mean, it this train not only has to go off the rails, it has to to tip and explode. I mean, I don't know. I guess if See, this is living in like a hypothetical world that I just don't think will happen. But if s- suddenly Vic Fangio looks completely underwater, has no idea what he's doing, he's making just error after error on Sundays, then yeah, I, I guess I could see it. But I I just really can't imagine that happening. I can't either. But the reason I ask you this, and it's not to give everyone heart attacks and, and rile them up, is I've heard people say this offseason season. If the Broncos go six and ten, even seven and nine, that Fangio will be on the hot seat. And every time I've heard that, I've thought absolutely crazy business. Six and ten isn't good. I don't think they're firing him from that. I think if they take a step back, then he is very much on the hot seat. Maybe he's on the hot seat going into the next season. Okay, he's on fire, and that means fireable if they take a step back. But no way. that's five wins, Ryan. I don't think that's going to happen. I I do not see that happening with this team. And that's why I think it's crazy when people suggest that it potentially going seven and nine. That's a step forward. It's it's like a half step forward. It's a step forward. But it's a step forward. All of these things are not good situations for the Broncos, though. Seven and nine or eight and eight is the worst thing that you can do. Even if it's a step forward. Eight. I mean, both of those are very realistic, but eight and eight is so possible. If it's eight and eight, did did 
uh, Drew Locke come in? That's that's the worst thing about eight and eight. Is I would I would certainly make sure that happens. But what if what if they're eight and five? There's no chance Drew Locke's coming in, and they drop the final three games. No, definitely not. But what if they're six and six? No. I think they need to they need to dip below five hundred. Because at six and six, they're still thinking we can win out. Exactly. And, oh. What what were they last year? Six and eight, and they were still talking about playoffs. Five and seven. What was it? It was something like that. Well, they did. Didn't they get to six and six? Yeah. And then they I lost guess out. They did. But right before that, before they got to six and six, they're still talking playoffs. They're still talking that year. Save us. Save us from that situation. <laughs> Three and six is better than six and six. The only the, the way that eight and eight is okay is if you're five and eight, you're four and eight, and you bring the kid in and he goes undefeated. Or you're four and seven and he goes four and one. Can you imagine how pissed people will be though? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> the Drew Locke train is starting before week one. Yeah. People don't like Joe Flacco. No one was happy that he came here. So, the Drew Locke train is already in motion, and it will not take until it will take the Broncos' first loss for people to be chanting his name. Exactly. We've been talking about three game losing streaks. No. <laughs> 0 and 1. Sorry. Uh, if you go 1 and 1, because you won on the road against the Raiders and you came home and you lost to the Bears. People are chanting for Drew Locke. Yep. Probably during the game. <laughs> yep. If Joe Flacco's, you know, like 16 of 29. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So. Until he's in. If he was to come in and save, and they go 3-0 and after going 5-8, and people will be pissed that he didn't come in earlier. And it's a realistic scenario because the Broncos are not going to let Drew Locke win this thing in the offseason. So it is realistic that maybe Drew Locke's better. We We... Well, we'll we'll have an idea, Ryan. You and I'll have an idea. Everyone listening and reading will have an idea, but the Broncos won't let it happen. So, and that brings us to tomorrow, and we're going to get to see him a little bit mm. um, in his new number three jersey. That's going to be exciting. Um, it should be somewhat uneventful for us. We're not going to get to watch the whole thing, which is kind of a shame because when Paxton Lynch was a rookie, we got to watch his whole rookie camp. <laughs> um, but... So, just so we can put a bow on this, 6 and 10, out and out failure. Yep. 7 and 9, disappointment. Yep. 8 and 8 is neutral. You wipe your hands and you walk away. Yep. Um, 9 and 7 is a success. 10 and 6 is a resounding success. Exactly. Anything above that is over the moon. Exactly. All right, I like it. I think um, I think we can stick with that. I don't think I that'll think, change. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Even if Joe Flacco lights up trading, <laughs> uh, let's move on here. But before we do, I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. What you'll find is that the CBD infused coffee is taking away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. 
Speaking of coffee, our guy Nick Cox hit me up today, said that he roasts his own coffee. It's pretty sweet. He said he's going to send me some, so I'm excited to try out his coffee. He already knew my preferences, which is why we love you guys so much. Um, but Strava Craft Coffee, definitely something worth checking out. If you haven't gotten into the CBD craze, I guess you would call it, yet, uh, it's definitely something that is worth try especially if you have any ailments that you're dealing with whether that be you know all the ones i just named off back pain arthritis ibs whatever it is uh it's worth a try to see if it can help you but let's get into the questions here as we always do in the second segment and the first one here comes in from craig l he says i was looking at the full list of staff that zach tweeted after the scouting changes I'm curious to know how the difference between the director of player personnel and the director of pro personnel. I tried Google, but I didn't really find anything helpful. I'm sorry for a boring question. Well, good question. And so how it breaks down for the Broncos is you have Matt Russell is the director of player personnel. Then there's AJ Durso, who's the director of pro personnel. And then you have Brian Stark, who's the director of college scouting. Um, so it, it really just depends on the organization, but like, you know, John Elway, when he originally took the job was the vice president of football operations. He wasn't the general manager, but come on, everyone knew he was a general manager. Um, now of course he's the president of football operations and general manager. So sometimes it's different within buildings, but the director of player personnel kind of oversees everything underneath the general manager. I mean, it really makes sense that Matt Russell is John Elway's right-hand man in this because he's the guy right below him, and he still has all this power. And then you have A.J. Durso, who oversees the pro personnel, which is, uh, you know, free agents that, that are going to become available. Players who are in the league. Exactly. Player, players that are in the league right now, the professionals. And then Brian Stark is on the other side. So those two are kind of side-by-side side in their duties. And, of course, Brian's just looking at college guys. I'm assuming there is a Game of Thrones reference to be made about Stark because that's a name that is used in Game of Thrones. Oh, it, it, uh, that's an Iron Man reference to me with Stark Industries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> None of that stuff is really does it for me. I only like sports. Um, so, yeah, good answer there, Zach. By the way, I was just talking about CBD. What do you think of shrooms becoming legal in oh, color? Actually, my not legal decriminalized exactly uh that's something else and the way it came about was something else too it was i think nearly i think maybe every publication or thing that looks at the voting said that it had lost on tuesday night and then what was yesterday wednesday midday wednesday it comes out that no the race wasn't over the shrooms came back they grew right out of nothing. <laughs> Just as fast as normal mushrooms do. Well, last year we talked about um, drinking a bunch during the fourth preseason game and covering it like that. <laughs> I'm saying this year we just do shrooms. As long as, uh, I guess even if we get caught, if it's decriminalized. Decriminalizing something is also just the weirdest thing ever. Essentially, in my as far as I'm concerned, it just means like if you get caught with it, you're not getting in trouble. Exactly, because I think it's still illegal. Yes. But it's just the weird thing where it's illegal, but you don't get in trouble. It's just like, a, hey, we're taking this probably. <laughs> what is that like in a relationship? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a hall pass. 
you can do it, but you probably shouldn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I knew you could come through. Didn't take me too long. Uh, next one here is from Chenzi Chills. It's a good name. I like the way it rolls off the mm. tongue. It says, hey, guys, love the pod. I became a subscriber when you were doing the competition with the other podcast to get a free shirt. I love free stuff. But I haven't gotten one yet. Not sure if you sent them out yet. Kind of sad day. Oh, okay, first of all, before we get to the sadness, uh, you should have gotten an email. I'm sure you did. So maybe it is in your um, like trash folder or whatever. Um, or junk. That's the one. Uh, because you got an email with a gift card that gets you a free shirt. So we don't just... We didn't like, it's not like we had your address. <laughs> you got to go in there and choose your free shirt. Um, so look for that. If not, email help at bsndenver.com or merch at bsndenver.com. All right, Ryan, just buckle in for the randomness that's coming your way. All right. He says, kind of sad day. I lost my beta fish today to death. I may have inadvertently poisoned him but like i said inadvertently dang that is a really sad day <laughs> that is that is very sad yeah I'm, I'm sorry about that what was his name or her maybe it was beta anyways the randomness goes on who would win in the thumb war contest between y- you two i once lost 20 times in a row to a bouncer until he felt bad for me and called me an uber <laughs> i'm surprised he put up with you for 20 times seriously <laughs> was it like to get in like if if I win, I get in. Was he just that good that he said, if you can beat me once out of 20 times, I'll let you in? It's just a thumb war champion. <sighs> we don't... I, Ryan would win. My fingers are about the size of uh, your betta fish. Oh, RIP. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good at thumb wars. Oh, you definitely win. Though. I have a strategy. It's pretty unbeatable. <sighs> I never understood the strategies and stuff. And that's maybe why I would always get crushed. For some reason, my girlfriend likes to thumb war, have thumb <laughs> wars with me, and she's never beaten me once. She's is, like over a thousand in her career. Thumb war, code word for something, or no? No, oh, she just okay. enjoys a good thumb war. She just likes losing to me in thumb wars, I guess. And I'm not the type of person who will let someone win at anything just to make mm, them feel better. So you won't. When I beat you on the golf course, you're not going to come back and say, "Well, I let you win." You would never beat me on the golf course. I just I I don't let people win. All wins are earned. I love winning so much, and I have to earn all of my wins. So what about your kids? Nope. They're gonna learn. They are going to have to beat me fair and square at, at anything. No participation trophies. Hell no. <laughs> like, like I know my grandpa never let me beat him in golf when he was teaching me golf mm. because the day that I beat him, he was pretty upset. <laughs> Like, like he was, he like realized that it was like a big moment. Yeah. It's like, you know, the grasshopper yep. passing the sensei. Yeah. But he was not happy about the fact that he played, kind of like didn't play his best. And it, it opened the door for me. Is that how you're going to feel? Yeah. Probably. Will you ever let that happen? Just retire before it happens. <laughs> Mess with their clubs. They get within one stroke of me. I'm like, well, looks like I'm uh, done playing golf. <laughs> but we're only on the 10th hole. Yeah. I'm going to retire while I'm ahead. I don't feel good. So, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty good thumb war champ. Anyways, he says, sorry for no Broncos questions. I'm a big fan of the community, though. Ryan, you're a total hipster, but that's okay. Cheers. <laughs> and, again, our condolences 
to your betta fish. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Nialo. Guys, make the father time slash Brady idea as a sticker, not a shirt. Definitely better sales. I won't even charge a percentage of the profits for coming up with the idea. <laughs> Jokingly. Joking, clearly, but if you do this, I'd buy it. Also, love that you guys know Perna. Absolutely need him to do a guest spot with y'all. Mm, he's be entertaining. Fun. He's great. Yeah, we should bring him on sometime. All right. Nacho Brad chimes in. He says, I suck. The bat signal has gone out, and I've been <laughs> slow to respond. In my defense, there was a bit of promo- of a promotion at work. Minor hey. flex. Congrats. Uh, which has caused longer conference calls, which break into my drive time. So I've had to end a couple of recent podcasts early. So I didn't hear any of the questions or my summonings. Oops, but fear not. I'm here just in the nick of time to get the leagues and golf up and running. Interested in joining our fantasy football league? Email me at bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. That is not a fake email address. I've emailed it and it did not get bounced back. Wow, and that that just shows the OG of Nacho Brad is he's still referencing burritos. Yeah, I'm assuming he's going to have to change his team to the Fighting Nachos <laughs> this year. Uh, but yes, bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. If you want into the Fantasy League, email one more time here, bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. He says, so far I've only heard from Zane. I'm thinking of two leagues this year. One free one just for the fun of it. Another with a buy-in where half goes to the winner. The other half goes to Shield 616, a Colorado-based charity that provides uh, ballistic vests to first responders. Um, for smaller agencies that don't provide the equipment themselves, I'm op- open to other ideas, but that particular charity is near and dear to me. I mean, to me, that makes a lot of sense because it's also the one that Von Miller teamed up with last year. Yes. I'm wondering if, and this is not to take any money away from them, of course, I'm wondering if we can also create a pool for the golf tournament. Mm, I like to make that. it to make it extra spicy yeah i like it um he goes on email me if you're interested in, in playing golf the day of the draft i'll coordinate with bsn marketing so we can get a local course locked in whoever is paired with me i apologize beforehand he says <laughs> next to last in relevance but rising apparently and still first in your hearts nacho brad <laughs> we've been calling your name nacho brad yeah he, uh, he might be first in relevance at this point <laughs> um yeah, so that would be awesome. Last year, we had a few people make it to Denver for the draft. I would love if we could get a bunch of people out here this year. That'd be and so cool. especially if we give you the, the golf tournament as like an extra added bonus. Yeah, another thing that weekend. And we'll figure out maybe something else as well. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Because if we can do it on a preseason away game, yeah. We can figure out a way to do it on a preseason away game. Yeah. Then we can do a watch party mm, for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I like where this is going. I like where it's going as well. All right. BSN fighting burritos at gmail.com. Don't tell me you didn't hear it. <laughs> From Vertical Socks. Ryan, thanks for answering my question. This is a brief follow up, but not one necessary to read on the air. <laughs> do I need to re- do I read is it on that, air? Is that it? Let's do it. He says, you seemed a bit testy and twice mentioned that I was writing to tell you how wrong you were. That was not the point of my comment. I hope you know I was joking. I hope you know I was being tongue in cheek. Uh, In a previous podcast, you had specifically said that the Broncos would not drift Drew Locke if he fell to the second round and you gave reasons why. Simply wanted to know what caused you to change your mind on that point. And that is, in fact, why I asked. I thought you did a fine job of explaining your reasons why Drew Locke was still a good pick in the second. 
I did enjoy the rest of the excellent commentary about Locke and Reisner in the previous Senior Bowl podcast. Keep up the excellent work. <laughs> there we go. See, this is such a loving community. I feel like some people know when I'm like sarcastically pretending to be upset about something and other people <laughs> don't. I wasn't. You, I should be held accountable. That's what's... That's what's tough, Ryan. This isn't just a, a one-on-one relationship where you know how that other person, you, you know you know if you're on the same waves. So we have that with like Nacho, Brad, and a, and a lot of people, but new people come in and you're not on that wavelength yet. That's okay. A lot of people don't like my sarcastic sense of humor in real life. So <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but thank you for, uh, for your apology. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> From the OG MVP, one of the names I'm interested in this season is Jeff Holland. I feel that he's not talked about enough and did well in his opportunities. I believe he could be a Shaq Barrett kind of player. How do you think he'll factor into this team? Optimistic that he could be a five-sack kind of guy? Also, is there someone on the team that can add some excitement in the return game? We haven't had an exciting returner in a long time. Well, he's going to get plenty of play. He's going to get the opportunities. There's no doubt about that, right? Jeff Holland? Yeah. I think he won't. You think he's going to take a back oh, to Dakota Watson? Yep. Mm, yeah, I forgot about Dakota. That does change things a bit. Yeah, there's. in my opinion, he's not going to be a five-sack guy. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not a five-sack guy. But he's going to have his opportunities, and I still believe in that. <sighs> Justin Hollins could, could be the guy. If he doesn't work out an inside linebacker, they're going to want to keep a, a fourth-round pick on the team, that's for sure. So he could end up being the replacement for Jeff Holland. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Now, I do think he makes the team, but not a five-sack kind of guy. And here's what I think happens is you have Vaughn and Bradley Chubb. What did they play? About 80 75% of the snaps last year. They're going to be playing a lot more this year, I think. I think they'll both be at 80+. plus. Yeah, I think Dakota Watson will be in there to spell, guys. Jeff Holland may... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just I think the hype of Jeff Holland last season never matched up with how the coaching staff actually saw him. Maybe this coaching staff comes in and sees him differently, but I think he's going to be fighting to make the team. I totally forgot about Dakota Watson. And don't forget about that my guy Malik Reed. Yeah. Out of Nevada. He's yeah. going to push. Yeah. So, we'll see. And also Justin Hollins factors in here too because the Broncos could keep they could technically keep three outside linebackers and have Justin Hollins be their de facto fourth Mm. that could be a place where they cut save a roster spot yep in order to keep Kevin Hogan oh my god (laughs) you want to get the next one next one coming in from free Lindsay he says hey guys I just wanted to hear your opinion on this question because of how much you travel during the season and spend time in other cities Ryan, which fan base do you hate the most besides Portland, LOL? For me, it has to be Chiefs Kingdom as I live near Kansas City. All they do is talk about their how their future is bright and how Denver fans are stuck in the past, which infuriates me. Side note, I was having a football discussion with my friend last night, and he said Frank Clark is better than Von Miller, and I got out of my seat and left. I can't handle stupidity on that level. Thanks, guys, for all of your hard work. Love the pod. <laughs> you sure weren't having a, a football conversation because that guy doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> um, what fan base do I hate the most? And he says, besides Portland, I don't really hate Portland fans. <laughs> Tonight you do. Don't say that. 
but I do like uh, I love the the back and forth that goes on during a playoff series. It just for some reason, like I've had decent amount of Portland fans in my mentions. I got zero Sharks fans in my mentions throughout the entire Avs playoff series. Huh? I don't know. Like, do they not exist? I don't know. Even one of my best friends is a Sharks fan, and he didn't even get in my mentions. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, fan base I hate the most. I mean, Raiders fans are the worst. The absolute worst. But you almost feel bad for them. Like, their wife is leaving them. <laughs> it's right in front of our eyes. Everyone knows it. As they're dressed up in a clown costume. Right. And, and that makes sense now. <laughs> they look like clowns. They're hanging on, even though their wife already told them they're leaving them in a year. Man, who else is there? Charger fans are non-existent. Seahawks fans are pretty bad. Seahawks fans are awful. And Patriots fans, of course. But I haven't been to those stadiums, because you mentioned traveling. I haven't been to those stadiums. Patriots fans have got a little better since the Bron... I shouldn't say the Patriots fans have gotten better. They've just become... a more irrelevant and i'm sure they're saying the broncos have just got more irrelevant yeah when the broncos didn't play them last year Mm -mm. nope what's like a a dark horse fan base that sucks (laughs) uh steelers yeah they're annoying because they're everywhere they're very annoying cowboys cowboys are the worst yeah i mean both of those talk about living in the past now i know the steelers have won recently but i feel like all they do and and the cowboys as well all they do is talk about the past and the rings they have the cowboys are for sure the worst they just because they're not really fans they're like elitist for no reason and so many of them just aren't fans yeah they're like the same people who are like cowboys yankees lakers lakers yeah oh lakers fans are the worst too (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wonder if anyone says that uh, I wonder if anyone says that about any Colorado teams. Which Colorado fan base do you think gets under people's nerves the most? The Broncos. Just because... The Bron. What's the... I mean, kind of because what's the argument for the other ones? What would be the Rockies? I can't see them. Yeah. Nuggets? Kind of same thing. The Avs well. are just like the most pure, amazing, <laughs> whole, like great fan base ever. Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess Broncos, but Broncos actually have a reason to act elitist. I guess it probably pisses people <laughs> off that they're saying that, like that Broncos fans are still the way they are after 11 wins over two seasons. <laughs> yep. I think Buffs fans get under people's skin a lot too. Mm, I think you're right about that. I think. <laughs> I think we like that though. <laughs> Especially like I don't know. I just think it's hilarious. So some people would definitely disagree with me, but so many times when there's like a big game in a in a different city, the other fans will come out after the game and be like, "Ah, oh, the CU fans were so disrespectful." Like, <laughs> and like to me, I think that's funny. I'm sure there's some CU fans that are like, "Ah, oh, you're doing a bad job representing the city." How can you the, be? How can you team. be disrespectful on the road? I'm not saying you can't. I'm. I'm. How? There are many ways. <laughs> Um, like one thing is there, I don't think people realize how many CU fans go to these games. Like last year in Lincoln, there was like thousands of CU fans just perusing the streets the night before the game. And just anytime there was a group, the fight song, <laughs> probably like the fight song 300 times during the night. That's very hateable. Yeah. Yeah. That would annoy that. you. Yeah. Um, 
we also just like take over an entire bar and so then like you on know, the road. you're going to your favorite little watering hole you walk in and it's just like a thousand cu fans <laughs> and no nebraska fans is are. that coordinated I think it's just like a spidey sense. Mm. You just feel where your people are. <laughs> um, the the folks in Michigan, when we went out to Ann Arbor, were just disgusted by how hard everyone was partying. Wow. Like, I don't know. I guess it's just not a party school. I don't know how it works wow, out there. I but thought so. I mean, they're like elitist. Like, they think they're like they're the smart. Harvard or the wherever. <laughs> Um, no, D U is the Harvard of the West. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but like we were just taking, like going crazy, you know, in these places, <laughs> and they were all just looking at us like we were aliens. <laughs> and they like they like to uh, they like to dip into Weinster, Ryan. They like to be adults, yes. sophisticated. Yeah, they're far more sophisticated <laughs> than us. Uh, it was funny though, because in Nebraska, like the people were so nice, and I'm sure there's Nebraska fans who listen to this podcast. I couldn't get over how nice the people were, but <laughs> I'm sure they were they were leaving saying the CU fans were disrespectful because after we won, like everyone was you know out oh, screaming man. at people. Oh man, that must be one of the most fun environments to get a road win. I mean, especially with the history. Easily, easily, easily top five sports experience for me. Mm. Maybe top one. And you've had a few in the past month too. Yeah, I mean these these were amazing too. There's just something about. There's like this small, tight knit group of fans who are all out there, like the, like the most pure CU fans, you know, yeah. all out there celebrating together. The game was the most nerve wracking thing. Yeah. I honestly thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Weinster and being mature and refined, unlike me, but I'm trying to get there. Um, you got to check out our friends over there because Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club that's connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes them special is that a majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're supporting real people making real wine and not one of the few large, large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from some of the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple wines as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs so you can watch your Wolverines in peace. <laughs> and I love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums who are far more mature than I. But again, I'm trying to get there. Sign up today with the code using uh, BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine. Start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. I really, really want you guys to support them. And if you live in um, Chicago, or I believe they're about to or have already opened up a one in Boston, uh, if you live in either of those two areas, look them up and make sure you go check out their little lounge that they have because it's it's the most mature thing I've ever done in my life was going there. Man, those lounges sound like the truth. They're so cool. And they are opening one in Denver. Mm. So it, it, it will come soon. Mm. It will come soon. All right, let's move on here to the rest of the questions. Next one coming in from Broncos Guy 63. 
says, Hey guys, been a listener for quite some time, but this is the first time I'm commenting. Before anything, I want to say how much I appreciate you guys and all of the hard work. Not many fan bases can say they have such an incredible resource for news, opinion, and otherwise. When the draft was going on, I tweeted how we would have an A-plus draft if we ended up with Tillery, Locke, and Reisner. While I love the pick of Fant, I would be ecstatic if we had picked Tillery and followed it up with those other picks. I know it's sort of greedy, but what do you guys think? Doubling down on defense while still getting an offensive lineman for Reisner and Flacco seems like an absolute home run. Sorry for the long comment, but like I said, it's my first one, so I had to get it all out. Thanks again. Broncos guy 63, this was, uh, this was what, on the short, short below side? A- below yeah. average, for sure, <laughs> yeah. in terms of length. Uh, I would have loved Tillery, Reisner, Locke. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like Fant, too. And I would love if you guys go read my story that I published yesterday on uh, Noah Fant. Um, I think you'll learn a cool thing about him, which is that right before he burst onto the scene, he had one of the toughest moments of his football career. And I think you'll got, you guys will really like the way that he bounced back from that adversity. Yeah, it was, it's a great article, a great story, and, uh, and it came together really well. Thanks. Um, was there anything else we needed to touch on there? Would you rather have Tillery than Fant? And let's say... Ask me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Let's say you replace Draymond Jones with the t- fourth round tight end, which we know the Broncos love. No, no. Give me Fant. Give me Fant. I really like Tillery, but give me Fant. I think Draymond Jones was a steal there. So I think in the end, they f- they turn out with better value. There we go. All right. You got here's the next a, one? Here's kind of a longer one coming in from Nemo3. says, In the scenario that next offseason there are rumblings of Denver to trade up into the top 10 for a quarterback, one, what quarterback would it be? Two, what would have to have happened this season for that to be the case? And what will Drew Locke's status be? A possible Cardinal situation? We'll get to that one first, Ryan. Oh, man. Uh... This means Joe Flacco got hurt early in the season and Drew Locke came in and looked just miserable. I think here's what this means is you're not trading into the top 10. You're trading to number one or number two overall inside the top 10 because in what scenario, Ryan, are the Broncos... What, they six and 10, they had a top 10 pick. So we'll say, in what scenario are they seven and nine this year or better? And they find out that Joe Flacco's not the truth and that Drew Locke is not the truth. Again, I think it would be an injury. But there's just no way they would bail on Drew Locke that early. Because, Ryan, they gave Paxton Lynch two years, and he was the easiest person to see he doesn't have it. Here's how it could happen. The Broncos trade Von Miller to the San Francisco 49ers for next year's first round pick and the 49ers completely bomb out of everything and they get the Broncos get the number one overall (laughs) pick because of that trade and in turn they want one of those quarterbacks at the top let's say that happens are you are you giving up on Drew Locke and Joe Flacco in order to get one of those guys 
If you ask me when Trevor Lawrence is on the board, I would say yes. He's not on the board. I don't like – I don't even know if I like Tua more than Drew Locke. Watch your mouth. Just in terms of what his tools are. He's a better – I mean, he's a winner, that's for sure. But I think Drew Locke has a better arm and better feet. He's got to put it all together. But no, I wouldn't. I would trade that number one pick and stock up on some serious capital. So do you see the Broncos – trading Von Miller in San Francisco, getting the number one overall pick, and the Broncos having that next year? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. So the the only way this happens is if the Broncos are 3-13. and 13. If they're 2-14, and 14, it has to be that bad. Because if they're that bad, then you see Drew Locke, what, week seven at the latest? I mean, in that How scenario. How bad would he have to be? Nathan Peterman? Yeah, he'd he'd have to be that bad. And let's say Joe Flacco comes in. Let's say the Broncos go three and thirteen. Joe Ryan's touching wood for us. Uh, the Broncos go three and thirteen. Joe Flacco goes two and five, and you bench him. Drew Locke comes in, goes one and eight. Uh, one and eight. Yep, <laughs> that that that's the situation to happen. I guess it could happen. I guess it could happen. I did touch wood. And then Vic Fangio is also fired. In, in this situation, is Vic Fangio also fired? Probably. Are you just starting fresh everywhere? Oh, God. And Rich Gangarello is no not the quarterback search. whisperer. No, we need some time off. <laughs> no more coaching searches, for the love of God. It literally feels like it's it's just a part of the job right now, is yep. covering coaching searches like <laughs> yeah. every year. Um, even, even the year that we didn't cover a coaching search, we were still talking about coaching candidates because we thought that Vance Joseph might get fired oh, and we're on the fence the whole time. We're by our phones. Yeah. The Broncos are due for a hit on a head coach and a hit on a quarterback. Maybe they have it. They just might. He goes on. Who's going to be starting at nose. I wonder if our defense can be a top, top five run defense in the league. To me, this is key to having a top-ranked defense, especially with the back end of our defense this year. There's no true nose tackle like there was with Domata. I guess Shelby Harris? I think it's going to be Zach Kurt. I think that's who it'll be, too, and Shelby Harris will be your third-down guy, uh, and he'll also rotate a ton with Derek. Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, Draymond Jones could be pretty deadly on third downs. That could be. You're right. Very deadly. And uh, what one thing why there's not a clear starting nose tackle, like a starter on the team, is because Vic Fangio just wants defensive linemen. He wants someone, he wants guys that are versatile. All these guys are versatile. Domita Pecco was not versatile. You're not lining him up on the outside. No. Also, weirdly got a bunch of 15 yard penalties. <laughs> he goes on Our O line is the one thing I'm most excited to pay attention to this season. Said no one ever. Nope. Said Nemo 3. Uh, if Munchak is able to steer these guys clear, they have a top 10 ceiling. But there are a lot of new faces, so these guys are going to have to prove themselves and formulate their own identity. He finishes, we all know John likes to take his time with big deals, but at the end of the day, do you think Chris gets extended? I give him three years, $37.5 million, $24 million guaranteed, but who knows. Personally, John kind of pissed me off when he went out of his way to pretty much disrespect Chris Harris Jr. and muddy the waters. Now I feel like whenever way this shakes out, we're either going to get taxed or have to say goodbye to Chris due to poor choice in words and ego. What did we say yesterday about the offensive line when we went down this hole and looking at the positives, looking at the negatives? We said, 
the hope is just saying Mike Munchak's name. It's exactly what Nemo 3 did here. And that's it. We're, we're hoping that he's this magic pill. And he's been. At, I mean, in Pittsburgh, he was. So it, it's possible. Now on to Chris. Does the deal get done? What happens? Mm. I, I, I have this feeling he's just going to have to play on the contract. But I'll say this. I think he is an orange and blue week one. I think so, too. Yep. He he will be in orange and blue in, in playing. Yes. Yeah. I think so as well. <sighs> a little more optimistic about a deal, but not in Chris's favor. I'm optimistic in the sense where I think Chris is going to see the writing on the wall and see, oh my gosh, I can play for $8 million this year, then get franchise tag the next year, and then I'm going to go, I'm going to be chopped liver on the open market in two years from now. Might as well take this $11.1 million extension. That conversation that we had on Saturday yeah, changed everything. Yeah, Chris does not have one leverage point. No. He's, he might have to sign a really bad deal for, quote-unquote, bad right. deal. If he wants a new deal, he has to take a discount. <laughs> yep. You might have to sign for three years, $27 million. Oh, my gosh. Do you want the guarantees? Do you want the security? Because the Broncos are have full control over you. Man, I could see Chris, you know, starting at 15 like he is, or 15 plus. And then his final kind of sell is, can't you just pay me $100,000 more than you paid Kareem Jackson? Can't you? And that's his final push. And if I'm John Elway, I say no. <laughs> Oh, it's a brutal business, but it, but it is what it is. It's a business. It's not. It's not that brutal because he's under contract. Yep, and that's what John said. That's John's point: is you're under contract. I love Chris. I hope Chris gets as much money as he can, but he really didn't play this very well. He isn't in a position of power. No. He he tried to play as a best card right before the draft, and now it's off. The, the hand has been cleared, and his best card is out. And now he's stuck with twos and threes and fours. John Elway has all the face cards. And here's the thing. If John would have reached out to Chris right after the draft that Monday and said, let's get a, let's get a deal going, that kind of favors Chris. Shows Chris and his agent that, okay, the Broncos do want you. This, this whole time they've maintained just get after the draft and then we'll get a deal done. Look, they're contacting us ASAP. If, if you're calling a girl right after the date and, and setting up another one, wanting to talk to them, they have the power, right? I mean, yeah, you, they, you just gave it to them. Yeah, they know they're wanted. <laughs> exactly. What John's doing is he's saying, nope, I'm going to wait. And I think John's going to wait a very uncomfortably long time for Broncos fans. Why would John Elway make the call? Make Chris seem desperate. Why would you make the call? He's under contract. It's his job. He needs to be there by mandatory mm-hmm. minicamp. Yep. Is, is your first call if you're John, and it's probably not even John's call, after Chris doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp, you call him and say, why aren't you here? No. The first call from John never comes. Mm. They got to call John and say, hey, let's get this thing worked out. You think they've called John? No. They're both playing the waiting game right now. Yep. Yep. They don't want to look like the, the needy one. 
And for Chris, I mean, as as a person, obviously he wants to get this contract thing figured out. But as a person, he's a vet. Would you really want to be showing up three or four days, if ten years into your career, if you if you certainly don't need to? No, but here's the other thing: is Chris like can't help himself but to still act like he's a member of the Broncos on social media. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've noticed that. But like he tweeted that like Joe Deneen is a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he tweet like he tweeted crying faces about Brandon Marshall posting a Raiders jersey. <laughs> like if you're a free agent, you're not doing that, right? So I think he's giving away a little bit of leverage there. Like he expects to be a Bronco this year, right? Yep. But John doesn't do social media, so he won't know about that. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in social. <laughs> he doesn't media. believe in it. <laughs> um, Chris is in a in a tough spot. I, I don't know. I think his agent led him astray here. Hmm. What should he have done? Played this year? Played this year and, and just got, got become a free agent. And here's the thing is, yes, Chris took a hometown discount. There's no question about that. But, Ryan, he got a lot of money up front. The, the Broncos, I don't want to say helped him out because that's not what it is, but... There was a winning end of the deal for Chris taking this this deal that he took five years ago. He got a lot of money up front. He got a lot of money guaranteed. And as an undrafted guy, when you sign your first contract and it's a $2,000 signing bonus, and now you're presented with your second contract, or was that his second or third contract? Second. Second contract. When you're given your first big contract and it's put in your face and you have the chance at $20 million guaranteed, and a $20 million signing bonus. That's life-changing right there. So, yes, he took a hometown discount, but the Broncos, there, there was a winning end for him, too. Yeah, and that was right before they were about to win a Super Bowl. Yep. All right, next one here is from Nick Scott. It says, hey, guys, quick question uh, regarding inside linebacker. If I remember correctly, Vic didn't have, quote-unquote, his guy at linebacker for a couple seasons. Then he got Roquan Smith, and it was like a match made in heaven. Do you think it's possible that he has his eyes on a linebacker that's still in college and decided to wait for someone who's truly his guy? Thanks. I That's tough to say because you had two dudes sitting there. Now, uh, Devin White wasn't available at 10, but Devin Bush was staring you in the face this year. There were two linebackers taken in the top 10 this season. That rarely happens. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't like one of those guys, if he wasn't your guy, then... You're, I don't know what your guy is. I And I doubt Vic's diving that deep into next year's draft class. No way. I bet you he couldn't even tell you the name of the top linebacker on the board in next year's draft class. I would agree. All right. The next one here comes in from <laughs> the aptly named Hipster Bronco. He says, I feel like I've been called out, so I must comment. I like Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> But on the other hand, I self-identify as a hipster. Love me some craft beer and would grow a thick hipster beard if I could. I have a feeling you associate Neutral Milk Hotel with hipsters because that's April's favorite band in Parks and Rec. Uh, That adds to it, but I associated that with hipsters before. What do you think of craft beer? I can't drink it right now. Mm, Um, I went down like a whole ipa guy thing early probably too early probably before my taste buds were fully developed i was like a junior in college and i was like i'm into ipas now um and then i got really burnt out on him i just think i think i was just born to drink pbr 
Could I interest you in a raspberry basil IPA nitro milk stout? I do love a good nitro milk stout uh, from left hand. Mm, yep. But that's like dessert. Oh, great beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try it. Yeah. I'm, I'm always up for trying it. It sounds overly done, but I'll try it. I, yeah. I was just trying to make uh, make the most crafty <laughs> beer out there. Yeah. Ra- yeah. You forgot. You forgot. Like it needs like artisan. Something. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Single batch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not down on craft beer. Yeah, I'm a big craft beer guy. I only really like craft beer if it's from Colorado. There's just so many options. Why would you expand? Exactly. exactly. Um, it's just like, it, and it just makes me feel better. It tastes better. It's from Colorado. Yep. It's Colorado water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and on to the donkeys, he says. In continuing with the doom and gloom worst case scenarios from yesterday, I'd like to talk about Noah Fant. I read somewhere in the past 15 years, only two tight ends have eclipsed 600 yards in their rookie season. If I remember correctly, you both projected about 650 yards for this season. How do you feel? How do you see the offense looking if Fant needs some time to get acclimated to the NFL and isn't an instant impact rookie? Go Broncos, and I'm not saying the rest of that comment. <laughs> no wonder you're a hipster. Coming from Portland is, is how that one ends, if you guys can pick up the drift there. Uh, he's no offense, a big part of this offense right away. No matter who the quarterback is. Uh, and regardless of whether or not Emmanuel Sanders is back on the field, whether he's a deep threat, whatever he is, Noah Fant is your second to third receiver on this team. So if he takes some time to develop, which I think it's a it's a very good point by Hipster Bronco to point out that this doesn't happen often, and receivers have a tough time transitioning to the NFL, and clearly tight ends do as well, it's going to hurt the offense. I can't lie. It's good. It, it. It's going to change a lot uh, if Noah Fant can't get it going right away. I just think that he should be able to get it going right away because don't make him an all-around tight end right now. Use him as a receiver in a tight end's body this year as he develops the rest of the game. I mean, it's it's a situation where I think the only time he should be blocking is when the other team is in uh, a nickel package and Joe Flacco goes to the line and sees that and says, let's run. Hmm. Yeah, but in the so end, so you're not worried about tipping your hand. No, no. What I'm saying is, make make it be a pa- he comes in on passing downs, right? And you audible out if you have to. But you're not worried about whenever he's in. Oh, it's like, it's yeah. a design pass. He's eh. just he's just good enough. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw an amazing clip the other day from Matt Ryan. I don't know if this is like a famous clip and I just missed it, but from Matt Ryan. Yeah, he comes onto the field, comes to the line. And calls out uh, uh, an audible. And you can hear on the mic, the defense goes, we know what that means. We know what that means. And they start shifting around. And he just looks right at the dude who says it and just goes, you can't effing stop it. And snaps <laughs> the ball. I was like, that is legendary. That's amazing. Was it successful? I don't know. It was like a quick package. So it just like moved to the next clip right after that. <laughs> it was like trash talk, like best trash talkers. That's great. I was like, wow, that just got me fired up. Like, if I was on the offensive line and I heard that, I would block so much harder that play. What if Matt Ryan saying that was like a final audible? Wouldn't that be great? That would be great. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to need – they need Noah Fan. He's their first-round pick. Yeah. First-round pick's got to come in and contribute right away. Yep. All right, last one here comes from Patient Broncos fan, which 
I actually thought it said Patriot Broncos fan at first. So <laughs> sorry for that. And he's been patient, having to wait till the last comment. Uh. Anyways, he says you should listen to Schlereth and Evans from last week. I probably won't do that. Uh, Stinky was saying over a week ago that Reisner was our left guard. He talks as if it was for sure in public knowledge. He says Reisner will be left guard because Bowles doesn't take coaching well, and they will use uh, chewing out Reisner to make their point with Bowles. Quote, he's kind of the kid who knows how to take a butt chewing. Okay. (laughs) He says Reisner will respond and drag Bowles along with him, whether he likes it or not. He believes that's why they hired Munchak. No more kid gloves with Bowles. So Dalton Reisner's on the left side to help Garrett Bowles' mental makeup? I, I mean, it's a, a, it's not right. A so. rookie's come... What, whether or not that's right, that is bad. That is... That's so bad on Bowles that people believe that. Yeah. Um, the I forget what game it was in the Av series, but they par they paired uh, Makar and Eric Johnson together, and it was right after Eric Johnson just had a really bad game, and someone someone uh, tweeted like, "I'm glad they uh, are putting Makar on EJ's line so he can babysit him." <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what, this, what is. this is. That's what this is. It's exactly that. If you're putting um if you're putting it on Dalton Reisner as a rookie to drag Garrett Bowles, oh god, I want to say it, I'm not going to. To drag Garrett Bowles <laughs> alongside him, your plan is terrible. So what is, what does this mean that Ron Leary wasn't enough of a leader next to Garrett Bowles? So Garrett Bowles expected that from his left guard, and that's why he said, "Now you finally got me a left guard." I mean, what what went on in that in that left side last year? I don't know, man. <laughs> All I know is that again, if your plan is to have a rookie fix a fourth third year guy then you have your plan is very suspect yeah yeah well what do you think of calling uh mark slareth stinky i don't know <laughs> i mean i understand it's stink but the why on it makes it makes it comical i'll say i'll say this because i think i i wouldn't mind this criticism i have no problem with stink i have no problem with mike evans i do not like their radio show and and if they said the same thing about me, I wouldn't I wouldn't care. If they said I like Ryan, I like Zach, I don't like their podcast, I wouldn't be offended by that. Would you rather have someone say that to you or say I don't like either of you, but I like your podcast? That's a good one. Uh, I don't like being disliked, so <laughs> okay. I'll, I'd rather you just not like my podcast. You would rather have people not like this than not like you and like me. Yeah, your your work over I'm, your body. I'm self centered like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, and I like a lot of the stuff they do over there at the fan. That's just, just not. I don't. It's Fair. The voice of that show just doesn't resonate with me. You don't really probably have to listen to it ever since it's um, way too early. Pretty early. Way too early. <laughs> um, got any buzzer beaters? We do. We have uh, one buzzer, buzzer beater coming from Nbot. Says, "Long live White Claw." I used to laugh at people who drank them, but since my wife got me on the keto kick as well, I love them. Super refreshing. Don't get me wrong. I prefer to drink an IPA or an APA, but if you're counting carbs, you just can't. Pro tips. Yo, just throw, I just got to throw up the claw real quick for the claw, <laughs> claw gang. If you follow me on Instagram, it's part of my, uh, my brand on there. I was, uh, I've started a movement. I was there when we helped introduce you to this movement, Ryan. 
You were you saw me have my first ever claw. I saw you. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. There was skepticism when you popped it. First sip, I think you were sold. sold. I think it was love. Love at first sip. Love at first sip. Exactly. <laughs> love at first sip. It's so so refreshing. Maybe this will get you even more refreshed into it. And he says, pro tips. I've tried out five to six different alcoholic seltzer brands, and only two of the brands are worth stocking up on, White Claw or Truly. The seltzers from Smirnoff and Henry's are too sweet like artificial Jolly Ranchers. If you're trying Truly, stick to the tropical citrus flavors. The berry ones are too sweet in my opinion. And before we go to football really quick, are you like, do you like all the flavors? Mm. Uh, I orig- I feel like everyone gets indoctrinated on the black cherry. <laughs> And the black cherry is really good. Yeah. I've since converted to grapefruit mm. because it's the least sweet of the bunch. So do, do they have sugar? No. Just I don't know how they make the this. flavor is just sweeter. I guess it could be like, you know, how, yeah, I assume it's just like this. You know, the Mio. Yeah. The flavored water stuff. There's no yeah. sugar in that, but they make right. it flavored. Right. So right. I, I assume it's the same yeah. concept. Because some of them, have you only had White Claw? No, I've tried... Uh, I think I've had a truly, I tried like a wild basin, which is Oscar blues, uh, okay. rendition of it. Eh. That one was like something you would have mentioned, like raspberry basil. Something <laughs> or other. Yeah. Um, I think those are all the, I think I've had another one, but I can't remember which one. Have you ever had one with sugar? Because I, the Smirnoff and Henry's ones sound like they're really sweet, but there's a few brands that have like three grams of sugar. Now, I know that's not that wouldn't be up your alley because I would just have more carbs anyway, but or, yeah, carbs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh I haven't had any of the ones with sugar. Nope. I've just just had the white claws and the and the trulies and then that other one. But the claws are just so good there's no reason to go anywhere else. It's really true. The problem is they still have two carbs. And you can drink like 20 of them. <laughs> you can. I mean, if you're sitting out there on a patio too, soaking in the the, the pool. So that's where you get in trouble because like I've definitely drank like seven of them in a night. <laughs> like, oh, damn, that was 14 carbs. Probably shouldn't have done that. Then just make it a mixed drink so you're putting, you know, some some vodka I, in I it. I Googled that and maybe Enbot can, has an idea. I Googled to see like what to mix. Yeah. Because I think technically it's vodka, which is weird because I don't drink vodka in any other scenario. Yeah. Um, But I was like, what would be a good mixed drink? Because like you can mix like, like uh, have you ever had a, um, I think it's called an Angry Balls. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. a cider, like an Angry Orchard. Oh, yeah. With a, with a fire, with fireball yeah. in it. Yep. That's it's really good. good. It's really good. That's definitely not keto. <laughs> um, But I was like what 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 should i mix with white claw i don't know and it's not gonna be vodka i can promise you that for me you can't do whiskey though no then it's got to be tequila there's no other option and then does it just end up tasting like a tequila soda probably yeah that's my other drink so there you go with a hint of whatever flavor it is yeah and you could just get the lime claws exactly there you go <laughs> he finishes up and says back to football a question I've wanted to ask for quite some time. Do NFL players drink beer during the season? We all saw the Packers Bakhtiari slam two beers at a game last night. Did you Go see buffs. that? He's a buff. Did you see that? I saw it. It was awesome. That was pretty amazing. They, he was they at, teach us in Boulder. <laughs> he was at a Bucks game and sitting courtside, it looked like. And they put him on the Jumbotron in the first quarter. And he 
polishes a beer. And I think these were like 20 ounce beers. They were big. And immediately picks up another one, slams that one. Crowd's going crazy. That was awesome. Can Garrett Bowles do that for the Nuggets in game seven if it gets there? Why wouldn't it be Dalton Reisner? I'm I'm thinking tackle. Eh. Yeah, no, it'd have to be it'd have to be Dalton. Yeah. I'm saying would that fire people up or would people just be like, dude, what are you what are you doing, man? Has anyone ever said that Garrett Bowles puts the tackle in left tackle? <laughs> He's always just tackling dudes out there. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. He says and I'm not naive enough to think they don't drink in the offseason, but somewhere along the way, I formed the impression that NFL players treated their bodies like Olympic athletes do and refrain from drinking during training camp in the season. Is that true? What's it like in the locker room after a game? Do, do players mention needing to get a beer? I'm curious if you have insight on this. It probably varies person by person, of course, but what's the generally accepted code of conduct that players buy into? Hmm. <laughs> a, a look behind the curtain. Um, I'm not gonna I, lie. I thought the exact same thing say, as that. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I thought these guys only eat clean. I thought they never drink during the season. I thought they treated their bodies like temples. Mm-hmm. Such is not the case. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <clears throat> Players like Chris Harris Jr. will tell you he can eat whatever he wants and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, as someone who I wouldn't call myself a, like a health nut, I just disagree. Like, I don't care how your body <laughs> processes things, if you have a great metabolism or whatever. It's just definitely not, you definitely aren't at peak performance no. if you're just eating whatever you want. No. Um, Todd Davis, one time I was talking about Cinnabons and how I just can't, I, they're like, sound like the most amazing thing to me but i just can't eat them and he's like why i eat them all the time <laughs> i was like during the season he's like yeah i gotta keep weight on so i just you know i'll just eat two cinnabons <laughs> I'm like okay so there are some guys von miller he used to be that way yeah now he has someone make every meal for him yep uh and it's all clean so it just depends on the guys and he got a lot of the players following him on that and that was a while ago that Chris told me he could eat anything, so maybe he's he got on with Vaughn. But everyone's like getting food from Vaughn's chef now. Um, as for beer itself, I can't think of like a scenario in which I've heard a guy say like I need a beer. But they definitely go and get drinks after games. The funniest, the funniest thing is there's a few times Peyton Manning's after a game Very has true. said I need a Bud Light. <laughs> I think he's plugged a specific company like that. And Peyton is having one or two after a game. There's other players that definitely, definitely have a lot more. Maybe not beer, but... I mean, I think we insinuated it. We never actually fully mentioned the time when Bradley Roby got destroyed by the Jets and then got destroyed drinking and then didn't show up to practice the next day. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly what was going on. So that was... he, He fell out of favor with the Broncos coaching staff and the front office right then and there. And teammates, too. I mean, when that happens, everyone knew what was going on, Ryan. Yeah, because he started drinking on the plane. Yep. <laughs> yep. And here's the other thing, and and this one is the most excusable in my mind. These guys are in pain mm. 24-7. And guys figure out their own way to self-medicate. And guess what? They can't smoke weed. So... Uh, 
They're not supposed to. Some of them do choose that as their as their form of self-medication. Some of them choose alcohol. And if you talk to especially like a guy like Jake Plummer, and, and you can probably go back and find my story with him that I wrote a long time ago, but he talks about that. A lot of guys would just go home and, and you know, drink three or four glasses of Jack Daniels because made their body stop hurting and they could go to sleep. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. And so after games, uh, the Monday after a game, players come in for meetings. It could change with Vic, but typically what's happened in the past is they come in for meetings. It's kind of a half day for them. And then Tuesday they have off. So if they're going to have a party night, it's going to be Monday night, which is obviously weird for the rest of the world. But uh, And a lot of guys take advantage of that to some extent, whether it's you know just hanging out with the wife, having a few glasses of wine, or whether it's hitting the town with the buddies. And here's the other thing. When you're built like Todd Davis and your body is literally just a chiseled ball of muscle, you can process a, cin- a Cinnabon at a much higher rate than I can. Yep. yep so some of these guys actually do need to eat like extremely high carb foods now they could probably do it in a more efficient way than a cinnabon (laughs) but these guys their bodies are at elite levels and they work out intensely every single day so they're they're processing foods at a a rate that we'll never be able to comprehend and i could be wrong but do you think shannon sharp and Jerry Rice, do you think they were eating whatever they wanted? And do you think they were drinking all the time during the season? I don't think so. And I think that's what... I might disagree. Okay. You know, we all know Shannon loves a cigar and some Hennessy. <laughs> okay. I don't think that was just a post-career oh, thing for him. okay, okay, okay. I, I was just going to say, I think the great ones, not every great one, but the great ones do everything right. Or most things right. We know Tom Brady does, for sure. Oh, that's true. I mean, he doesn't even eat a strawberry. Did you see him eat a strawberry once? No. He was on, uh, I think, Stephen Colbert. He was on a late night one, and I think it was Stephen Colbert. And he pulled out strawberries and made him eat one. Wow. And he said he, said he was turned off by the smell of strawberries, like, like an actual strawberry. I don't really think strawberries had a smell. They do, and it's great. Oh, it is, it it like is a good fresh smell. fruit. Exactly. I guess he just doesn't like fresh things. Well, yeah, I mean, these guys are, all of them are different. Peyton Manning definitely wasn't a body freak. <laughs> you know, he definitely tried to do what he had to do to stay right. But, I mean, it's not like he was chiseled. He had the beer bod. Yeah. The dad bod. <laughs> yeah. Um, certain uh, Different strokes for different folks. I personally believe... The best thing to do is to do everything you can to make sure everything you put in your body is the right thing. Nikola Jokic <sighs> said he used to drink three <laughs> liters of Coke a day. Ow. And now he, of course, doesn't. Yep. He actually decided to give up Coke entirely the day he got drafted by the Nuggets, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, but like the other day, they're like, how did you recover after the four overtime games? He's like, I ate good. I, I watched TV show. I ate good again. Then I sleep. That's great. That's what everyone should be doing. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's easy to say, maybe harder to live the lifestyle of. But if you said you had 10 years to go make millions and millions of dollars, don't you think you could sacrifice 
things in order to make yourself be the best possible ever? Yeah, I'm doing that, and I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> you could, could you keep it up for 10 years if I put millions in front and said, if you keep doing this, it's likely going to get you more millions. If you told me all I could eat for 10 straight years was tofu and kale, I would 100% not even think twice about it if I was making <laughs> millions of dollars. I agree. I agree. That I mean, it's not even it's not even a discussion to me. Kale and tofu. Just every day, that's what you get. You could blanch it. You could, sear, you could, chop it up. You could. I'd be do a lot of grilling. It. Yep, a lot of grilling. Uh, but that's all you can eat. And I don't even care if you say I can't even have sauce. Mm, I take away your hot sauce. I can't put anything on it. No seasoning. Wow. For what's the number? A million dollars a year? Yeah. Not even question. <laughs> I would do it for sure. Yeah, it's not even close. Because you know all the great freaking food I'm going to eat when I'm a millionaire. <laughs> exactly. I might just fly to Japan for sushi on a whim. And you're set. You're set for life. Well, I guess you could blow it, but if you're responsible. The thing is, these guys get their contracts and they're already set for life. They don't have to. But yeah, some true. guys want to play longer. Give them to them. Yep. Speaking of wanting to play longer, we just wanted to play this podcast longer. And we're not done yet, Ryan. Uh, we still have the another... question of the week presented by Sports Column. And uh, the question that we threw out there presented by Sports Column was, which offseason addition to the Broncos is your favorite? And the people wanted this podcast to go along, so there's quite a few responses. Ryan Clayman comes in with a surprise with the first one. He says, Joe Flacco sets us up to win now but gave us the chance to be set for the future with with drafting Locke. I would say it was the um, most, maybe smartest move. Yeah. They really, I felt like they really set themselves up for success there. I agree. They really did. Save draft capital by doing it. This is another one that I think is a bit of a surprise. Dustin Thomason says Juwan James. Hmm. Just solidifying the right side right tackle so you have no questions about it moving forward if it works it works yeah next one from dustin or kyle warner says bryce callahan how about this for a surprise oh well bryce callahan might be one of my favorites as well it value too yeah this is a surprise from sam taylor i looked up to see maybe they're from the they're a fan of Samford. I don't know where Samford is, so that didn't help me at all. <laughs> Sam Taylor from uh, Montpelier, Idaho, says Kelvin McKnight. Wow. Wow. Is this uh, is Sam calling a shot? Obviously, he's got to make the team, right? Maybe it's, he likes him because his name is Sam, and he went to Samford. <laughs> do you uh, have an idea, a guess where Samford is? I was about to Google it. I, I got it. I won't do it. Um, I wouldn't have guessed. No way. Can I want to get this right. Can you give me a area of the country? Um our new friend Freddie Jordan. It's not Freddie. It's it's uh <laughs> I was going to say Francie. Ferdinand. Francie Jordan is uh it's in his his region, southeast. Okay, that was going to be my guess. <laughs> I was going to go close to Stanford just because of the name, but no, definitely so far not. away. Um, I want to say it's in North Carolina. No. 
No, more south and less east. <laughs> Mississippi. Uh, more <laughs> east. Florida. Not as south. I don't know. Georgia. <laughs> right in between all of that. <laughs> Go a little. Where is it? Alabama. Oh, my God. You should have known that. <laughs> I should have. Birmingham, Alabama is where Samford is. Wow. Yeah. That was rough for me. <laughs> um, I guess Stanford. Definitely so. not Idaho. That's for sure. <laughs> Cameron Beasley says Vic Fangio. Michael Kicken stays on that and says Mike Munchak. Um, John... Matias says his favorite addition was one negative Vance Joseph. <laughs> Adding a negative Vance Joseph. I think that move was was uh, treated with a lot of positivity. I'm so glad that's over. Yeah. We don't have to listen to good practice. Or, or people come at us. I have no practice. problem with Vance Joseph's good practice comments. I had many problems with the joke being used over and over again. Do you think... Vic Fangio has been told by the PR staff, you know, let's just not say good practice. Maybe, but Vic Fangio is also the type of guy who would say like, who would say something like practice doesn't matter. None of this matters. All that matters (laughs) is Sundays. Uh, A guy that's death by inches would say that. I'm saying like, he doesn't think like a good practice. Like he, he would just be the type of person who's like, yeah, we had a great week of practice. What does that mean? Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. So yep. he's not the type of guy that'd be like, I don't know what happened. We had so a great, we had a great week of practice, and then it all fell apart. So you toss the softball up for all the media to destroy, and then he'd immediately kill it by his next three words. Yeah, exactly. Texas Bronco says Reisner. Man, apparently there, there's a lot of different answers, which probably means probably good things, good right? Thing, yep. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman says when they work out a contract with Chris Harris Jr. Going to be waiting on that one. Yep. Nicholas Geyer says, for me, it's Munchak. Craig Lettington with another uh, little bit of a tongue-in-cheek one here. He says, the Hall of Fame jacket that Mr. Bolin is getting. Mm, I like that. It's a nice addition. I like that. And I think the final one coming in from Ham and Cheese, which sounds good right now. He says, Joe Flacco. Without Flacco, we would have drafted Lock at 10 or earlier out of desperation. There's a possibility we would have traded up in the draft to make sure we got a QB, which would have been used, which we would have used draft capital on. There's no way we could have gotten Reisner and Fant as well. Yeah, one day I hope we hear the 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 true story of the Flacco acquisition from John Elway, where he says, "Yeah, we had to get Flacco because we couldn't be desperate in the draft, and it just all worked out perfectly for us." Yeah, there's a lot of stories from John. That would be awesome to get him on this podcast when he retires. Maybe he'll let me like write his book. Do it now. Lock him up now so you can get the scoops. That's a good idea. All right. Well, ham and cheese got me even more hungry than I was before. So let's uh, wrap things up here. You got one more thing? To yeah, say? just just one more thing, Ryan. It's been it's been a, a tough week here and with the Colorado community with the shooting at the STEM school in Highlands Ranch and and Ryan we've talked about it and we just wanted to let everyone know if any if anyone's listening uh, in the community friends family teachers uh, that you know our heart goes out to you our thoughts and prayers have been with you Um, and one one person specifically Kendrick Castillo uh, the hero of this all he was the only person uh, that was tragically killed in this and 
he was the reason that there was only one person killed uh, in, in this because he was he was a hero, Ryan. He and a, a few of his friends uh, immediately attacked the shooter uh, when he entered the building or entered a classroom. Uh, the other friends, I believe, were shot. Um, eight people were wounded, uh, but it's because of, of Kendrick. I mean, Ryan, we, we talk about in sports, we talk about heroes a lot or heroes thrown around a lot in sports. Uh, and it's because, you know, you really like some guy or you're inspired by him or he has a great story. But in reality, this this is what a hero is. And Kendrick did the ultimate sacrifice and made the, the ultimate heroic move. So just really wanted to give uh, my thoughts and prayers to his family, friends, and all, uh, that entire community, especially because it was in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I echo all of that. Um, our, you know, the hats off, hats off to to Kendrick for being a hero. Uh, and um, actually, a listener of this podcast, uh, whose name is AJ, is was distantly related um, to Kendrick Castillo. So to their family uh, and all the the pain they're going through, we definitely send our thoughts. Um, and I think it's really, really, really sad that in this day and age, a, a, a kid who's about to graduate, had to make the decision to die or watch his friends die. So, you know we don't get political, but that shouldn't happen. Yep. That doesn't need to happen. Teachers and, and students should be safe. Absolutely. I think everyone can agree on that. Exactly. And for that, we're going to say goodbye to you guys uh, and tell you about our friends over at Live Well Enlightened Health, as we always do at the end of the podcast. Live Well Enlightened Health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of Live Well's free rewards program have access to $30 freeway half ounces and $60 freeway ounces every day. Live Well has 16 locations across Colorado from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com BSN for all the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's Live Well, spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L.com slash BSN. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Uh, And we will talk to you this weekend on the BSN Broncos podcast. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. 
At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 